Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Bridge. So, we are in the series called The Modern Romance, and this is part two. And uh, I called it Single and Ready to Single. Corniest thing ever, but that's the way we like it here. Um, we open with chapter one. What, what book did we read out of last week? The Song of Solomon, or the Song of Songs, right? And uh, we talked about attraction. Uh, we talked about a strong self-image. We talked about the attribute of choosing character over characteristics. And we celebrated a godly relationship and romance as well. Like God, uh, he designed romance, right? He's clearly all about it when we read that book, right? Um, but I'm going to teach on, uh, I think, what mostly is everyone's least favorite topic in regards to um, the scene. Uh, it's singleness. Can I get a round of applause for singleness? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Here's the thing. I saw a thumbs down. I don't know. <laughs> boo, boo. Um, the thing is, is in, in our culture, uh, singleness is certainly not uh, celebrated. And even in the American church, it's very much uh, looked down upon, right? We can make people who are single, uh, no matter how old they are, feel like a second-class citizen, second best if they are single, right? I remember I had a friend. I was in, uh, and I'm not going to, like, name specific places where I was or groups, but I was with my, like, my best friend. Like, we both got this tattoo together at the same time, and uh, we started the 1513 Network together and some friend Ethan. And I remember um, we were in a group of very godly, mature men, right? And Ethan is 41 years old, and he's single to this day right? Ethan's an incredible man of God. Great dude. I love this guy very much, right? And I remember, like, at the end of whatever gathering we were at, like, one of the guys was like, you know what? Ethan, come sit in this chair in the middle of the room. And everyone just, like, prayed over him and almost made it seem like they were casting the singleness out of him like a demon or something like that, right? And, I'll, and he's just, like, so weirded out, was so tripped out. It was like, I want to be single. Like, God's using me like crazy. It was really awkward. And I know this about Ethan. Like, Ethan gets so tore up when, like, we can't put this on the podcast. Don't put this on the podcast, right? I think Ethan listened to the podcast, right? <laughs> Whatever, he can hear. I don't care, right? But listen, listen, he, he like, that, that, that throws, like, him off bad, right? Um, it, it's, it's not a bad thing, right? After studying this text about singleness tonight, like, we celebrated a, a godly relationship and romance last week. Man, I am ready to celebrate singleness with you guys this evening, right? This is powerful. In fact, it is a gift, right? It is an opportunity, John Piper, he says, don't waste your life. You know what I say? Don't waste your singleness, right? So here's what I believe that people maximizing their singleness looks like uh, in culture, right? It means traveling a bunch and like making every picture you take Instagram worthy, right? We don't even travel, I believe, to actually enjoy the places we go. We just travel, I think, sometimes to actually talk about what we did to other people, right? Or even take a picture of what we did. Right? It's getting really bizarre and really strange, but is the pinnacle of our singleness, is that it? So that we can have a cool Instagram and say that we did a bunch of cool things and went cool places, right? But let me ask you this, right? Here's what I believe for you as children of God. I believe that you have a cause that you care about. I believe that there is something that you are burdened with. I wanna ask you, what is it that you're supporting, right? Like if I come to you and be like, what breaks your heart? Like, what do you look at in the world, and what do you see that God wants you to do something about, right? And John Tyson, he says this. You guys know about FOMO already, right? He says, what I want you to have is FOSO, which is fear of missing out on significant opportunities. In singleness, it is a significant opportunity, right? 
So Pastor Brian, who was just in here a second ago, I'll be talking about him later um, in this teach, uh, teaching tonight. But have you guys ever heard the saying, you may not have, uh, that youth is wasted on the youth? Have you ever heard that before? Okay, right? That youth is wasted on the youth, right? Well, you know what, Brian, I heard him say to me, like in passing, was he thinks that singleness is wasted on those who are single, right? I think we dream of getting out of it. We want out of it. We do everything we can to get out of it. When it's this epic opportunity, it's something that is very special. And you might be looking at me, you're like, well, you hypocrite, Jackson. You are married. In fact, you met your wife in middle school, right? But get this, right? Singleness, it is for everyone, right? It certainly is for everyone. For some of us, it's for a season. But for the rest of us, right, it could be actually for the rest of our earthly life. Why? Because you know what? You know who chose singleness? Who chose singleness? Tell me. Jesus, who said Paul? Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I love you're like, Paul did. When it's like, I was looking for Jesus on that one. But you are right. You are right. Yes, Jesus, our model. It's good for all of us, right? Singleness is good for all of us. And it's from God for all of us. Don't believe me? It says it in the Bible. So now you have to believe me. Let's look at this text on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. This is from Paul, right? He says in verse 7, I wish everyone were single just as I am. Yet each person has a special gift from God of one kind or another. Or check out the message translation. It says it uh, even more clear. It says in the message translation, I wish everyone were single like me. A simpler life in many ways. Throw up that next translation for me, Connor. But celibacy is not for everyone any more than marriages. God gives the single life to some, the gift of married life to others, right? See, Paul's like, no wife, no problem. It seems that he's actually the founder of the He-Man Woman Haters Club, right? He's out on marriage. He's like, I wish they could be single like me, right? Now, I'm saying that as a joke because we can't take Paul out of context. Because in his church in the letter of Ephesus in Ephesians 5, he like sets the standard for what a godly marriage to a husband and wife looks like. And it's actually really critical. And he says it's one of the greatest reflections of Christ's marriage to God in the church, right? So he actually celebrates marriage in other passages as well. He's saying that he's examined both options. He's happy with what God has given him, and that is singleness, right? And you know what you're hearing this? You might be hearing it from me, right? Be like, yeah, whatever, right? Being single is for losers, right? And you know what? People talk about this passage when they actually can't get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? People quote this, right? That's what could be what people are thinking or what it is that you're thinking, right? But we have to get past that thought process, right? So here's what Ben Stewart says, right? Because you might be single right now, and you might not want that, right? But get this. This is what Ben Stewart says. So good. He says, what we want is not always what is best for us. And what is best, we do not always value or appreciate, right? So think about the trials in your life. Think about the hard things that you've lived through and the hard things you've been through, right? If you're a follower of God, right, God is so good, he can take, even take bad things and work it together for his good and his glory. That's if you're a lover of Jesus, that he, that's what he can do with the hardships in our life, right? In fact, in Romans and in James, it says that our hardships produces character, perseverance, and patience, right? It makes us strong, right? It makes us saying, you know what? I've been on the rugged terrain, and I'm built for it, and I can handle it, right? So I look at the trials in my own life, and even in the midst of the pain, I didn't like it, and I wanted out of it. I wouldn't trade my trials for anything because it's made me the man of God who I am today, right? And the same truth applies for me in my single days, right? 
I would not trade my singleness or those days as being a Christian single person. Let me specifically say that. My days as a Christian single person, I would not trade that for anything. It was a blessing for me, an incredible opportunity. I'll share more with you about that later. But let's read on in 1 Corinthians. It says uh, in chapter 7, verse 31, you can read with me on the screen. It says, for this world in its present form, it is passing away. Meaning the world, it's actually, it's got an end date right? Every day that goes by, we're one step closer to the coming of Jesus Christ. That's a good thing. We're excited about that. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. Verse 33, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. Verse 34, it says his interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord in holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Verse 35, I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible, right? So, Let's look at this, right? Verse 33 said, singleness is good for men. And in verse 34, it says that it's good for women, right? In verse 34, we see that he says that there are some things that are not gonna be an issue for you, a problem for you, a concern for you, or a burden for you if you're single. There's some things you won't have to worry about that people who are married have to worry about, right? So look at me in my life right now, right? I have to go home at some point, right? And, and you know what, in ministry, my job really never ends. I'm excited about that. I like that, right? Right. It's not like I'm a nurse anymore, where when I slide my badge, those patients like aren't my responsibility anymore, right? The ministry never ends, and I'm okay with that. I stepped into that. I want that, right? But here's the thing. Man, God doesn't tell me to sacrifice my family on the altar of ministry, right? I'm not going to neglect my wife and, and keep doing ministry and helping other people, right? I do that, but there's a godly balance that I must keep with that, right? When I was single, this was not a problem for me, right? Man, I was doing ministry way into the night, right? Many nights a week, hosting people, having people nonstop ministry, and I can't do that anymore, right? So this weekend, I'm leading a youth worship retreat with Amanda and Katie, right? And we're going down to Miami, and um, it's going to be really special, really fun. But the truth is, like, as psyched as I am to be with you guys, I'm going to be away from my son and wife for two nights and three days, right? I have to count the cost of that right? Before marriage and, and having a son, like, no problem. Let's do another one next weekend too, right? There are some things that we have to consider, and Paul is saying if you're married, you do not have to consider these things, right? So up until recently, I used to always believe that I can leave this job as a pastor, right, as pastor of the bridge, and come back as a volunteer of the bridge, and still have the same amount of time with you guys, right? Because that's how it was before I was a pastor here, right? So pretty much what has happened is I still spend a ton of time with all the students right now, right? But I really kind of took on more of the planning and busy work and administrative stuff, right? Which isn't true. I do get more time with you guys now that I'm, I'm working here, of course, right? But the truth is this. I was like, you know what? I can just quit my job if I want to, right? My friends, they're pulling in 100K a year right now as a nurse. I can just go back to nursing right now, right? And then serve with you guys and be with you guys, right? My mom was like, Man, you were, you were able to do all that ministry when you were single. You have a wife and son now. If you leave the ministry, you're not going to be able to come back and be effective like you are now with the kids, right? You guys know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that I could, like, just come back and it be like the way it used to be and be with you guys. I was here uh, helping youth more than the youth staff was, right, as a volunteer when I was single, 
right? Man, I worked three days a week. I was on every trip. I was at every event. I was at every service, right? And then beyond you stuff, I was doing other stuff too, right? And it was rad, right? I loved it so much, right? Now that I'm married, it cannot be like that anymore. In verse 32, Paul says, man, when we're single, we can have a sole focus of pleasing the Lord, right? In verse 33, he's saying, in verse 34, that men and women, if they're married, they have to think about their spouse, and they should. That would be ungodly if we didn't, right? But because you're single and unmarried, you do not have to think about that. In verse 34, we see that he's saying it's of one mission and one interest, right? It's less complicated because it's just you and God, right? If you focus on being married, right, and you get married, right, you know what comes, right? Children, right? I have a son now. And you know what? I love discipling you. You guys being under this teaching right now, this is discipleship, right? And then an even better way of discipleship is when you guys go into small groups um, at the end of my teaching tonight, right? And then what's even better is when I get to disciple you guys one-on-one, right? It's pretty incredible. But you know who is the most, uh, the, who, who, who is my greatest responsibility, who I'm the primary disciple maker of now? It's Spencer now, right? And, and I love that. That's my calling now. So the relationships they have certainly changed, right? So one is not better than the other. It's just different, right? It's a different kind of gift with singleness, right? You have a unique freedom right now, right? You being young and single, this is the most ever free you will be to serve God in your entire life amongst any other age group, right? Because old people, right, they don't have uh, the, the youthful enthusiasm or even health to do the things you guys can do now, right? You know what, children, right? They can't, they don't have the freedom you have. They have these parental restrictions that they must have, right? And then married people, I just talked to you guys about married people. Man, I have my family, right, that I have to take care of, and I should, and I want to, right? I have my son, I want to take care of him, right? But you in this season, this is the most free you'll ever be in your entire life to serve and chase after the things of God with your schedule, So what should you be doing right now with this? Man, I say go international. Go see what God is doing overseas, right? And go and meet those needs. Build a depth of relationship with your friends. Stay longer in God's word. Use your gift to bless and edify the church, right? And here's the thing, you know what? That's not, to serve the local church doesn't look near as cool as going off to Sweden to do missions, right? Or Norway, right? Man, man, we have to do missions over there. I'm, I'm not criticizing that, but what I am criticizing is someone being called to go to all these really cool places, right? But they never get plugged in or serve their own local church, right? So we can't get that right. We have to, man, go serve internationally, make disciples of all nations, but we also have to serve the local church, and you can do that in an incredible way right now. This is a time for you to be a bro to your bros and a sister to your sisters, right? You have time to foster and cultivate relationships that will not be there when you're engaged and married, right? This is the time, right? There's wells that you guys can dig right now that you will not be able to dig later, right? These wells that you can dig with your friendships, you can't dig those later, right? See, here's the thing. I mean, some of my best bros, Brian and Ethan and Spencer, right? So me and Spencer, from, the, from high school on, man, we probably went to Haiti 10 plus times together. We would go twice a year together, right? Doing incredible work for the Lord. It was radical, right? Me and Brian, 
And when I lived at my Nana's before I was married, and I was living at my Nana's while I was a nurse, so that was kind of funny, and I slept in a bunk bed, Brian would sleep on my top bunk, right? We'd have sleepovers, right? And we would just, like, share about the things we were learning of God, right? He worked in production at the church, right? And, like, like that, that was it. And so I got to spend all this time with Brian, right? I look at my friend um, Ethan as well, right? And, man, into the wee hours of the night, 3 and 4 in the morning, we'd be ministering and helping homeless people in downtown Melbourne, Right? I'm unable to do that now, right? I mean, and there's opportunities for that, but not at the frequency that I was, right? And so take me and Brian, for example. Me and him don't hang out as much as we used to, but we're closer than we've ever been, right? It's because we dug that well when we were single, before he was married, before I was married, before he had a kid and I had a kid, right? And nothing can change that now, right? So, so if you don't get that right, if you don't take advantage of this gift and significant opportunity, you might be married with pretty shallow friendships and relationships, right? So, man, this is are exciting things for you guys that you get to take advantage of right now, right? So if you begin dating someone now that won't be your wife or your husband, you're exchanging time, investing it into something that doesn't really count for much in the end, right? And I know we can learn things, right? And, and, and it's okay to date. I support dating, right? We talked about that last week. Tonight, we're celebrating singleness, right? Next week, we'll be celebrating marriage. So I feel, are you guys gloomy about this? This is, this is good, right? We talked about dating last week. Now we're teaching about this this week, right? This is a celebration here, right? Because here's the thing, right? I mean, while we can learn things in dating, and I don't think you should date the first, or you shouldn't marry the first person you date, right? Necessarily. You could. If you do, that's ideal, right? But I'm not saying you have to either, right? And a lot of us were like, man, how are you going to learn what you like and what you don't like? You know, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's a good attitude either, because I think so often, man, if you get your heart broken enough, right? Or, uh, man, I remember my sister, when I was dating around a lot growing up, she, uh, man, what did she say to me? She called me out so hard, right? She told me like that, like, man, I'm just going to be prone to leave people if I keep that up, right? And she said it in a more eloquent way than that, right? But, I think that sometimes we can carry scars and baggage into our marriages that we don't really have to if we date God's way, right? Dating is an evaluation process for marriage. But get this, singleness is good because the world is not forever, right? Paul says in verse 31, you can look at the text. Um, Connor, if you could put that next point up on the screen. Those who use these things of the world should not become attached to them for this world as we know it will soon pass away, right? Ben Stewart, he says it like this, right? The time on the clock should affect how you play the game, right? If Paul said in 1 Corinthians that the world in the present form is passing away, that Jesus is coming back, that should, forget, that should affect how urgent we are, right? So, Zay, you played for CCA football, right? Imagine, right, if they're down by seven, right, and they're at the one-yard line, and there's three seconds left, right? And Zay's the quarterback of CCA football team, right? And he kept just going for one little short-yard runs, right? When it's like, what are you doing? There's a few seconds left. We got to go for the Hail Mary, man, right? Man, because of the urgency of where things are in the world, time is short. The world is on fire. We should care more about people's relationships with Christ than our relationship status with a guy or a girl. Can I get an amen, somebody? You know what I'm saying? That's where it's at right there. So we can't become so attached to a relationship that also is passing away. Even my marriage to Brianna is passing away. I won't be married to Brianna in heaven right? And that bums us out sometimes. We don't grasp that entirely, that truth yet that Jesus said, right? So we should invest our time into things that are not passing away. Like what? Like sharing our faith, like praying for people, right? Dating and marriage, they're great, right? 
man, I love dating Brianna. I love being engaged to Brianna. I love more than anything. My calling is to be married to Brianna, and that's what's up for me, right? I treasure her. You guys know that, right? But what's even more important than that is sharing Jesus because the world is dark, and you and I, we've all felt pain, and we, we all know what it's like to be having sinned and been sinned against, right? So we have to be careful with these things. So let's read. Connor, I'm gonna have you jump down a few slides and I want you to put up that uh, message translation verses 32 through 35 for me. It says, I w- thank you, Connor. I appreciate you, man. I want you to live as free of complications as possible. When you're unmarried, you're free to concentrate on simply pleasing the master. Marriage involves you and all the nuts and bolts of domestic life and in wanting to please your spouse, leading to so many more demands on your attention. The time and energy that married people spend on caring for and nurturing each other, the unmarried can spend in becoming whole and holy instruments of God. I'm trying to be helpful and make it as easy as possible for you, not make things harder. All I want for you is to be able to develop a way of life in which you can spend plenty of time together with the master without a lot of distractions. The next thing I want you to understand, you can look with me on the screen, is that singleness promotes an undistracted devotion to the Lord, right? Um, You guys ever met anyone who got braces like as an adult? You guys know someone right now, right? Right, okay. Like I see them and you know what? I don't wear a retainer. I haven't worn a retainer in many years. I have it, I just don't wear it. My teeth are getting crooked again, right? I know, I know, I blew it. My poor Nana, like, she spent thousands of dollars on my braces, and I'm like, oh, I don't care, you know. So, my da- I'm not going to go down that road. Anyways, forgive me, right? But you guys know what I'm talking about. We see, like, I see adults with braces sometimes, right? And, like, I'm like, man, like, I bet they wish they had done that sooner. And maybe there are some circumstances where they did, or, and it didn't work out, or they didn't wear their retainer like me, or something like that a year later, right? But it looks kind of weird, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, like, I, wanted, I know, I know if they had a choice of getting it when they're, like, from the ages of 13 to 17 versus when they're 40, right, they're going to be like, I wish I did that younger, right? They're doing it now, right? There are some things that I want you guys to get now rather than attempting to get later, right? What Paul wants for you is before you enter into dating, before you enter into engagement, and certainly marriage, what we must get right before anything right, is our devotion to Christ, right? Man, it's in this time that we can foster that and develop that. The most important thing than anything is our relationship with Jesus, right? Man, we can't be in the midst of marriage trying to figure that out, right? Man, it's in singleness is when we really can do that. So my testimony that I share so often with people, and it's been so helpful, um, comes out of a hard time of uh, singleness for me, right? when I really wanted to be with Brianna. I mean, I thought God said that was going to be my wife, right? And Brie was not having it, right? She was back at FSU, right? She, she was like, I'd send off three texts and I might get one back, right? It was more like a one to seven ratio. Not a good ratio, right? I'm like, I'm like, I'm better than this. What am I doing right now, you know? Calls started coming in less and like they, they stopped ultimately, right? And I was so confused. I didn't understand, but you got to understand is that I was a brand new Christian when I started dating Brianna that summer before she went back to FSU, right? And God removed her from my life, right? And I was like, well, so much for being a Christian, you know, like this is hard, right? And man, it was in that time I was studying the Psalms and the Lord showed me the text where it says, whom do I have in heaven but you, O Lord? The psalmist says, it says, God, it's just me and you. And the next part of what he says, and there's nothing else I desire besides you. 
He's saying, God, you're all I have. And God, you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way, right? And that is something I began to aspire to. Man, I became content in my singleness, right? I began to celebrate it. Man, I began to view it as an opportunity. And when I got that right, I believe that the Lord sovereignly brought Brianna back to Melbourne, Florida, stalked her long enough, got her to marry. No, I'm just kidding, right? No, no, no. Like, it all worked out. She, she came back. I was like, yo, yo, sorry about that, you know, whatever, right? It worked out. We're really happy now. Ten months later, we got married, right? So my pain was short, right? You know what? But it was just so pivotal for even our marriage today, right, for me and her to actually have that right. That was good for both of us, right? So we don't get engaged and get married and go through all these relationships without first developing the most vital relationship we will ever hold in our eternity, right? I don't want you guys to be someone you're not. I don't want you to try too hard. I want you in this season to become who you are. And with God's help, you can do that, right? It's in this season you discover that. And who am I? God, how am I wonderfully made with you? God, you're enough for me, right? Man, you guys are going to be in a place, if you stay single for the rest of your life, I'm going to celebrate you in that. Because you know what? The Bible does both. Jesus and Paul celebrate that, right? And if you get married, man, come let me officiate that marriage. Right? I want to celebrate that with you too, right? Because the truth is, is that they're both a blessing, but I don't want any of you guys to exit singleness and have distractions in your life if you don't have the most critical relationship with Jesus Christ right first, right? And here's the thing, man, me and Joey were talking. Man, it's not like, you know, you get married and then your relationship with God is solid forever, right? It's still a fight, it's still a battle, right? But what I'm referring to is the season of singleness and the wells you dig with the Father and the things you can do with him and how you can be used by him, you can't ever get back. And your time is now for this. This is what's up. See, if you don't get this right with God, right, you're never going to get this right with your spouse, right? As long as, as, as our relationship and our abiding in him is not intact, right, like, man, you're not going to be a very good husband or wife, right, or at least the way that he calls you to. Fulfillment does not come from being in a relationship. It comes from abiding in him, right? Cool, let me pray for you guys. God, I love you, Lord. I thank you for the students, God. Um, I thank you for the celebration of singleness, God. God, I pray that if there's anything in our heart that says, ugh, like that, that I am a second-class citizen if I'm single, or, or, or this isn't as good, let us cast that out and believe in what you say, Father God. Jesus you said there's powerful things we, you, we can do. Jesus, you were single. Paul said there's powerful things we can do. It's undevoted, complete focus on you, God. So let us all have that. Let us all use that. Let us not waste our singleness, Father God. But let us use it for your glory. In the name I pray, amen, amen. Hey guys, thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to learn more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.